Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 712. The second day was worse. Even strapped tightly to my back, my loot became a miserable burden. The sword I couldn't even use dragged at my hip. My travel sack felt heavy as a millstone, and I regretted not letting Dayton take the mare's box. My muscles were rubbery and disloyal, and when we ran, my breath burned in my throat. The moments when Tempe and I spoke of Lathani were the only real rest, but they were disappointingly brief. My mind spun with his exhaustion, and it took all my concentration to pull my thoughts in or- into order, trying to give proper answers. Even so, my responses only irritated him. Time after time, he shook his head, explaining how I was wrong. Eventually, I gave up trying to be right. Too weary to care, I quit pulling my exhausted thoughts into order and simply enjoyed sitting down for a few minutes. I was too weary to remember what I said half the time, but surprisingly, Tempe found those answers more to his liking. That was a blessing. When my answers pleased him, our discussions lasted longer, and I could spend more time resting. I felt considerably better the third day. My muscles no longer ached as badly. My breath came easier. My head felt clear and light, like a leaf floating on the wind. In this frame of mind, answers to Tempe's questions tripped easy off the tip of my tongue, simple as singing. Run, Catan, walk, discuss. Three cycles. Then, as we moved through the Catan, on the side of the road, I collapsed. Tempe had been watching closely and caught me before I hit the ground. The world spun dizzily for a few minutes before I realized I was in the shade of a tree at the side of the road. Tempe must have carried me there. He held out my water skin. Drink. The thought of water was not appealing, but I took a mouthful anyway. I am sorry, Tempe. He shook his head. You came far before falling. You did not complain. You showed your mind is stronger than your body. That is good. When the mind controls the body, that is of the Lathani. But knowing your limit is also of the Lathani. It is better to stop when you must then run until you fall. Unless falling is what the Lathani requires, I said without thinking. My head still felt light as a wind-blown leaf. He gave me a rare smile. Yes, you are beginning to see. I returned his smile. Your return is coming very well, Tempe. Tempe blinked, worry. We are speaking my language not yours. I'm not speaking. I started to protest, but as I did, I listened to the words I was using. Skiopa teas. My head reeled for a moment. And that's the page. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I do, I don't, I, okay. So we were talking about how this is sort of like a flow state. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, it's it is and it isn't. I'm not sold 
because it is a flow state in that like he's he's like speaking the language and thinking the things in a very like natural way that just seems right and that feels very flow statey to me but the fact that he got there it's it's the means by which he got there that make me feel like it's not quite the same like it's similar but not the same because you would not find yourself in a flow state if you had just done like a forced march uh not necessarily it's uh, let's see how to explain this you know what maybe it's just it's a it's a flow state but i don't think it's a healthy way to get there yeah well and to be fair neither does tempe oh, okay <laughs> tempe's like like tempe's like proud of him because he in other ways is like acting rightly he's like you know you didn't let your body overpower your mind you like showed a force of will but I, what would actually be even better is if you had recognized that this is where you were at and you'd stopped yourself before you collapsed right that's what he says yeah it's better to stop when you must that run until you fall but then Quoth counters like ah unless falling was what the Lathani requires and in this case is falling what the Lathani requires no but in another case, it might be, right? If he was, like, running to another town to save the life of a child, then maybe the Lothani would require him to run until he collapsed rather than stop. Mm, okay, I see. Yes, very good. And Tempe agrees too, right? Tempe's like, yes, there are circumstances where the Lothani would require you to break this rule that I just laid down. Case-by-case case basis. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, that's what is interesting about the Lothani, right? It's not a set of rules... It's a set of ways of thinking that you can apply to situations like that are not, they're all going to be context dependent, right? It's like, you know, they're more guidelines than rules. <laughs> Very well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do think that it is telling about Quoth's persistent, uh, obstinate refusal to understand the lessons that people are trying to teach him because even when he's like already exhausted from the exertion he's still at first he's still trying to like concentrate and order his thoughts and like think through his answers and his answers are not correct right like tempe is getting frustrated with him and once he gives up trying to be right once he just starts seeing the first thing that pops into his head that's when he starts to actually under like from Tempe's perspective speak truly about the Lathani. Yes. And then there's a side benefit to Quoth because then they talk for longer and he gets to rest more. That feels like it's by design. Indeed. I'm not willing to swear to it, but Rothfuss uses the imagery of like a leaf floating on the wind. And I know that Rothfuss uh, is like I have been a uh, Rothfuss was a, a great uh, partaker in the works of Joss Whedon, including Firefly. And that phrase is so drilled into the brains of anyone who enjoyed Firefly and Serenity that I just, I simply can't believe that Rothfuss is using it unconsciously. I think this is a little tip of the hat to, uh, to Hoban Washburn. Ah, RIP. That seems nice and very plausible. And of course, Rothfuss then like makes it his own. It's not just a one-off reference. It becomes uh, a kind of a mind state that Quoth puts himself into of spinning leaf. Yes. And 
actually, interestingly, in the climactic scene, uh, spoilers for 2005's film Serenity, <laughs> but in the climactic scene uh, where Wash says, I'm a leaf on the wind, watch how I soar, he follows that up with an incredible feat of piloting through what would be certain death for anyone else, but he's just in the zone, which is like a character trait of his and which I think might have partially inspired Rothfuss. Oh, interesting. And then, of course, the phrase has a much a, a much different connotation the, the next time he says it. I am not going to spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen that movie uh, and who might care to. Is there anything else you want to talk about on this page, Jordan? No, I believe we've covered it. Indeed. Well, why don't we uh, get to a Bye-bye. letter? This letter is from our friend John from Vintus, who writes on the Cathay and the Tree of the Knowledge of Good and Evil, page 678. Hello again, pagers. I am so glad that Nick brought up the biblical parallels on today's page, because although I can't imagine that I hadn't noticed them before, they hit me with a new clarity on this read. I won't get into too much of a sermon here, but in the story of the temptation in the Garden of Eden, the Bible brings out three elements of the fruit that prompted Eve to take and eat it. Genesis 3.6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Later, in the New Testament, in one of the epistles of St. John, three broad categories of sin are given that correspond to this threefold temptation. The lust of the flesh, good for food. The lust of the eyes, pleasant to the eyes. And the pride of life, desirable to make one wise. As we heard the description of the Cathay's tree, I was struck by the similarities to the appeal of the forbidden fruit. The butterflies make it strikingly beautiful to the eye. The scent of it aroused the appetite and clothed willingness to step off the safe path in pursuit of an adventure could, with just a little bit of a stretch, be understood as something approximating the pride of life. And even if that is a little too far a reach for some, as we know from a more contemporary theologian, two out of three ain't bad. And just because I'm a big theology geek and I can't help myself, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness after he gave the Sermon on the Mount also parallels this, with him overcoming each test. Stones to bread, lust of the flesh, wonders of the world, lust of the eyes, being saved by angels from a fall from the temple, pride of life. Peace, John from Vintus. I think I'm suddenly more confused about the Bible than I was before. (laughs) What has confused you? It's... So it states the three sins, but also it makes it sound like they're good things. (laughs) It's like, how are these also bad things, but also good things? Sorry, what what are you saying are bad things that are good things? Like the the three, like the the three types of sins or whatever that the 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 pride of life and the 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 things he lists that they seem. They don't yeah, seem so like bad like, things. You know, well, that's because you and I don't subscribe to the to a, a biblical definition of morality. But if one does, then yeah, like being covetous, like first of all, like lust is in like sexual lust or you know lusts of the body, desires to excess are but sinful. You should have more self control. Why is things looking that. pretty a sin? Things are looking pretty if you covet them too much, right? Like it's not, it's not because. That's not what God made them for or what God made you for, is my understanding. Oh. You know, like, looking, like, you can't just, like, go wolf whistling at every hot girl that goes by or, like, you know, everything that's shiny. You can appreciate it quietly, like, though. <laughs> well, but 
sure, you can appreciate it quietly, but if you appreciate it in the wrong way, that's sinful. Oh, okay. Like, I'm not saying that I subscribe to this worldview, but that is a worldview. Reasonable. I, just, I, I don't know. I need to do more homework. Or maybe I don't. Depends how much I feel like understanding. I, mean, I was going to say that I feel like I really appreciate John's perspective because I'm not a person of faith. And uh, my familiarity with the Bible is entirely through secondary sources. So I really appreciate uh, the insight of someone who actually has made a study of it. I, I think that's actually really valuable. So yes. thank you, John. Thank you for doing the homework so we don't have to. <laughs> Indeed. Always better to have someone else do your homework for you. Uh, so find yourself a pliant nerd on tomorrow's uh, page. The win. win.